Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline rolling along on this Friday. Stars sitting, all stars sticking. Aaron with a fascinating decision. And my hashtag crew is reunited. All that and more. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Brooke Lopez, 33 points, seven rebounds, four block shots on a night. They didn't have Giannis, and we don't know how long he's going to be out. It's the rolling Lopez, two-hand stuff, and no one can account for Brooke Lopez. Well, that was tough to watch. My beloved NBA playoffs have been whittled down to Brooke Lopez scoring 26 points in the paint, being the number one story. What a shame. No Giannis, no Trey, no sizzle. It's no one's fault, I don't think. And I guess it's everyone's fault at the same time. Bottom line, this thing is just a flat-out war of attrition and has been, I guess, for a long time. You know, I keep being reminded, KD got hurt in 2019. Chris Paul got hurt in 2018. Kyrie and Kevin Love in 2015. This happens. Just usually not with everyone. That's the problem. We've basically lost everyone you want to see. We're watching a game between the Bucks and the Hawks without Giannis and Trey Young. That's just not what we signed up for. And so I find myself not one who will just sit here and talk about how bad things are, but how can we solve it? So let's make this Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. What, if anything, can be done? We were kicking it around this morning in the office before we came in to do TV, Hembo and I. And here's the first question. Are the playoffs too long? I mean, consider Steph Curry's season has been over since May 21st. And the finals haven't even started yet. That was before Memorial Day. We're up to Independence Day. Like we've leaped. We've gone gone from the holiday to holiday. He's been done. Steph Curry is like ready to start next season. These guys are still playing. Now, it's always been long. It's never been this long. But it's always been the marathon. The NBA postseason is a marathon. So maybe it's too long. But that wouldn't keep Trey Young from stepping on the foot of a ref. It wouldn't keep Kyrie Irving from turning his ankle. It wouldn't keep James Harden from showing up out of shape. So maybe this is just a fluke. Maybe this is a confluence of terrible luck at a terrible time. But for the sake of it, let's just play a game. So Hembo and I, straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise, are going to play a game called the Healthy Bracket. So we've got the NBA playoff (laughs) bracket. And we're going to do this like the NCAA tournament. If everyone was healthy... Let's see how this would have played out. So we all know where we are right now. Phoenix is on the right side of the bracket. Envision a bracket in which the east is on the left and the west is on the right. Phoenix is sitting in the slot where the finals are on the left, on the right. And on the left, you have Atlanta and Milwaukee still alive. Let's figure out where we would have gotten quickly. Hembo, just take me through the series, and I'll give you a winner. All right, 76ers, Wizards. All right, clearly the Sixers would have won. Knicks, Hawks. All right, I, the Hawks won and would have won. There was no injury concern there. Bucks, Heat. All right, the Bucks would have won. That was not a factor there. And Nets, Celtics. Nets would have won clearly. So that would be the round one on the east side would remain the same. The results would not have changed from what they were. How about the west? All right, we got Utah against Memphis. Now, and the Jazz would have won, and they did. Clippers, Mavs. Clippers would have won, and they did. Nuggets, Trailblazers. I mean, the Nuggets were the team that were hurt, and they still won. So that obviously would have stayed the same. How about Suns, Lakers? All right, now here's your first change. I'm sorry, Phoenix. I know this makes everybody mad. But I watched that series. The Lakers had a two games to one lead. They had taken home court advantage. They had won game three at home by 14 points. 
And Anthony Davis had scored 68 points in games two and three. Then he hurt his groin in game four, and they weren't even competitive. So I'm sorry, but I'm putting the Lakers in. The Lakers would have won that series if he had stayed healthy. So the right side of the bracket would have been Jazz Clippers and Nuggets Lakers. Go on. All right, back to the East. Philly, Atlanta. So do we? how much do we want to put on the knee of Embiid? I, I can't give it to them. I, I'm going to give the Hawks really? the series. Yes, because... Because they blew that huge lead in that game. In part because he wasn't healthy. Nah. He collapsed twice in the second half. I know, but I, I, don't, I don't... Are you telling me you think they, Ben Simmons refused to take a shot in the fourth quarter of five out of seven games, and I'm supposed to say they lost because of Joel Embiid's knee? I think Joel Embiid's knee affected the outcome of that series. I, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I cannot say... I, I want to do this with definitiveness. Got I it. want to be able to feel totally comfortable saying this would have happened. All right. Which brings us to the next one. <laughs> Milwaukee. Nets. <laughs> Nets. I mean, come on. Is there any human being alive who doesn't say the Nets would have won that series if either of the other two guys had been healthy? Kevin Durant all by himself was a big toe away from winning that series in Game 7. If James Harden had been able to walk, much less run, they would have won. If Kyrie Irving hadn't gone hurt, what did they win game two by? 107 points? Uh, so, uh, Nets, there's no question. So, the NBA's, uh, well, let's go to the West. Go ahead, give me the West. Uh, Utah and the Clippers. Um, I mean, the Clippers, oh, if they had Kawhi, they would absolutely have won. Kawhi got hurt, and they won two games without him. Right. Clippers. Denver. Lakers. Against the Lakers. You got the Lakers. So, the final four would have been Hawks, Nets, Clippers, Lakers. Think about the drama. We would have had Trey Young sort of emerging as he has mm-hmm. going up against the Nets and losing in four. I won't even let you ask the question. It would have been Nets. The question is, who would have made it from the East? Would the Clippers with Kawhi mm-hmm. have beaten the Lakers with Anthony Davis? That's what we've been reduced to. <laughs> Nuno, who wins that series? Clippers with Kawhi versus Lakers with Anthony Davis. I think... The Clippers. Having watched them <coughs> without Kawhi, mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to say the same. The question is, would Paul George have played this well if Kawhi was playing? Would he have, would he have risen to the enormity of the pressure of being expected to win rather than people sort of lauding him and cheering him for, for just keeping his team in it? I have the Clippers over the Lakers in my fake bracket. Okay. <laughs> okay. I will too. So we're going to say the final would have been Nets. Clippers and I would I would take the Nets in that. You? I have the Clippers in my fake bracket. You have the Clippers I, beating the Nets. I have the Clippers beating Nuno, the Nets. who wins? Clippers Nets. Uh, this is gonna pain me. It would be the Nets. And it would have been the Nets. So that that's that's our feeling. My point is there's no right or wrong in this. I mean, I'm looking at you like Hemba, you're out of your mind. What the hell do we know? We're making up a pretend bracket. And I'll be honest with you, it's because I could not justify spending eight minutes on that game last night. I couldn't do it. I can't do it. And I feel mad and I have no one to be mad at. That's the problem. That's what stinks about this. There's nothing better. If you're me, I'll just, I mean, I assume you're like me, but I guess, I don't know, as I've gotten older, I've learned not everyone is like me. I like being mad at someone. <laughs> like, when something happens that I don't like, the worst is when it's your own fault. There's nothing worse than when things go wrong and it's your own fault. Being mad at yourself is literally the worst thing you can be. The next worst thing is being mad and having no one to blame. Like, I'm mad this has happened. The NBA playoffs, I've loved the NBA my whole life. It was my first love in sports. And I I, I have been frustrated to see how 
badly things have gone with their regular season. I see all the people sort of picking at them for their ratings and all that kind of stuff. And I was thinking a great postseason mm. with all these guys, that will sort of give it the life that I want it to have. And instead, everybody's hurt. And I have no one to be mad at. It's nobody's fault. Is the playoffs too long? I don't know. It's what makes it great, right? How long it is is what makes it great. Is it, it is. Is it, it? It is the fact that someone survives. Is no fluke, usually. Generally speaking, there's no fluke. I mean, I, Toronto winning a couple of years ago based on the KD injury, I guess is as close as you get. But you don't get – Toronto went through the gauntlet of the East that year. They beat Giannis in the playoffs. They beat, Who else did they beat They beat that Philly year? with the Kawhi shot, Game 7. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, in an, an, um, So, like, that was epic. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose that. I'm good with it. I'm good with the length of the NBA playoffs. It is just – I think that what we are seeing is a shame that's no one's fault. And there's nothing worse, there's nothing less satisfying than something that stinks and is no one's fault. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Speaking of which, welcome back, Bubba. Hashtag Bubba has returned uh, from his TWT. If you're with us on Monday, I pointed out that I have two members of my beloved hashtag crew here who each took three days off this week, which, again, I support. I want my staff taking their vacation time. Hembo, because he's a human being, Mm. took off Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And you went out to the beach with your lovely wife, Lizzie. You guys had fun. You got sand in your shoes. But outside of that, you had a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Attached to the weekend. Attached to the weekend. <laughs> Bubba took off Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, as refers to it as his TWT. Bubba, how were your days off? I mean, really, how my days off are essentially inconsequential because it's Friday. I'm back for one day, and it's the weekend, so... I mean, I'm just living life here, loving my TWT. I worked Monday, had three days off, back for one day. It's the weekend. So, TWT for life. Okay, but 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 what did you do? That that did not answer the question. <laughs> it doesn't matter what I did. No, it's, it matters to irrelevant. me. I'm asking the question. How did you spend your time off? I, I didn't do much. Let I, me ask, how? what percentage of every game the Mets played during those three games did you watch? Ooh, probably 96. <laughs> By the way, who named this? The TWT? He did. Bubba, TWT is is technically incorrect. I hate to break this to you. It should be TWR. See, I disagree with that. What do you mean you disagree? No human being alive refers to Thursday as R. Thursday is R. No, it's not. It's TH. That's your contribution to TWT? (laughs) No. (laughs) That's why you take off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. (laughs) I'm the researcher. It's my responsibility to point out when we make an error. It's TWR. No human being alive refers to that day of the week as R. Yes, M-T-W-R-F. No, M-T-W-T-H-F. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, 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 no. You only get one letter to choose from, bro. That's not true. Where? I mean, where is this written? And, and what? And what? This where, is understood. Where, where are you? It's not understood by literally anyone. <laughs> There's literally no one who understands that. No human being alive. I'm willing to say this. I'm willing to say this with definitiveness. There is not a human being alive that is ever referred to Thursday as R. Yeah, that's, that's insane. When you, watch, when you watch the news and it gives you the five-day forecast, it never says R. Every viewer would be like, well, what the hell is R? What, what day are they referring to? I only know what day it means because it's between the W and the F. And, and right now, the T, which is between the W and the F, is what everyone is asking Thursday, you. Thursday. WTF, mm-hmm. Hembo. Thursday is R. <laughs> Work it out. All right, coming up next, the two best things going in sports right now. We'll dive into both right after this on ESPN Radio. It's 
the biggest season ever. Said it a million times. Mm-hmm. They're the most mm-hmm. selfish guys sure. on a team, but because they're the quarterback, they have the golf it's cart. always the receiver because they're the leader. Whatever. The countdown to the NFL season continues. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Monday starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, PJ Carlissimo, coming up a little later among our Guests. Meanwhile, I just have to take one more moment to address the ludicrousness Mm. of you, Hembo. You're now telling me the abbreviation for the days of the week that Thursday should be an R and Sunday should be a U. And I would suggest that literally anyone who abbreviates Thursday as an R or Sunday as a U to me would be grounds for termination. I don't even know. (laughs) How to describe how ridiculous that is. Where are you getting that from? Credible websites on the internet. I'm looking at an event what? No, guide. No, 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 no. No. Credible websites is not an answer. What? Name a credible website. This is, this is an event guide website. This, uh, the group is called Metro Guide. It is, this, but I've, been, I've seen this on multiple websites, and they make the case very clear. A single-digit abbreviation is problematic because of Thursday and Tuesday and Saturday and Sunday, requiring the least ambiguous letters, R and U, for Thursday and Sunday, respectively. This is not my decision. This has been made uh, by the powers that be. I think our cameraman, Rich, had it right when he said, <laughs> I've never been more confused in my life. I'm going to leave here today not knowing what day it is. But this is genuinely the stupidest conversation that I've ever been part of, and I'm moving off of it. I will Thursday spend... is R, and Sunday is you. Th- Thursday is... And if... if I... I'm just leaving it because I, I, I've, I've made Bubba. I, I, is there anything else to be said? I, there's nothing left to be said, right? R and you are ridiculous. It's one of the more absurd things I've ever heard, and I think we need to immediately remove the hashtag. I agree. Just start with that. Oh, I agree. come on. Oh, I think you no. lose the hashtag. Yes. No. Which is the, the, the stiffest penalty that I it no. is within my purview to uh, to bestow on someone, and I think that is right. I think for the rest of the day, you're no longer hashtag Hembo. You're just Hembo. 
until you acknowledge the R and the U are ridiculous. Anyway, 30 seconds for ZipRecruiter. The football season is always wild with trades, free agent signings, and new coaching hires. Teams have to be excited for the coming season, and if you want to hire people that you're really excited about, team up with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. It's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. To try ZipRecruiter for free, just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Okay, I promised you the two best things going in sports right now. The first of them is someone for whom we have created a pet name on Get Up amongst the staff. Anytime his name comes up, his name is Jacob deGrom. And every time his name comes up, all of us in unison yell, deGrom. For no obvious reason. I don't even know how that started. Yeah. But DeGrom has been spectacular. He gives up three runs, including a home run in the first inning last night, and bounces back for the Mets to strike out 14 in seven innings. He struck out eight batters in a row within a game. It's the fourth time he's done that. The only pitcher since 1961 to do it even twice in their career (laughs) is Nolan Ryan. So, again, I understand that last night, and the Mets wind up losing the game, by the way, but that said, DeGrom remains to me the best show in the sport. No question about it. He was irate after – he was like throwing his glove in the dugout after he allowed three runs. It's like an unprecedented feeling for him. The stats are still absolutely jumping off the page, Greeny. Right now he is allowing 3.7 hits for every nine innings he pitches. The league is allowing 4.6 runs per nine innings. It's easier to score a run against the league than it is to get a hit against Jacob DeGrom. That's such a well-framed way of putting that. He is, he's faced 300 batters this season, struck out 136 of them, which is 45%. No starting pitcher has ever struck out even 40% of batters faced over a full season. He right now is at 45. Quickly on the baseball. The scoop. Quick scoop. So we've talked a lot here about how incredibly disappointing the Yankees are. And in this town right now, Yankees-Mets is this weekend. So Subway Series is obviously a very, very big deal. And the Yankees, like the whole world, is taking their temperature. And I love what the owner came out and said yesterday. Hal Steinbrenner, who was the owner, backed his manager. He backed his general manager. He said, I'm not making those kind of changes. Here's a little bit of what he said. Make no mistake about it. My opinion, the majority of the responsibility, whether it's the responsibility of, of inconsistent offense or bad base running, etc., that responsibility lies with the players. They're the ones on the field, right? Uh, they're a group of very talented, professional athletes that are playing this game at the highest level in the world. They need to fix this problem. They need to fix the problem because everyone, including our fan base, rightfully so, has had enough, quite frankly. It's enough. And, and he fully defended his general manager and his manager and there's another a bit of the soundbite or uh, in that same media availability in which he said i'm a believer in seeing an entire body of work from an employee irregardless of what department they're in and we do that year to year to year and every year and i think that is exactly right i have thought this many times if I were ever the owner of a franchise, a sports franchise, my dream in life would be to own the Jets. It's not, it's not going to happen. I, I grant you it seems quite unlikely. I'm doing okay. I'm not doing billionaire okay. So I'm not ever going to own the Jets. But if I did, I would gather the media around me right before the season, and I would say, I am not firing the coach or the general manager during the season. So don't ask me. I have the belief in these two people 
to run these jobs. This is their job I've given them. If I didn't fully believe in them, they wouldn't be in these positions. And as a consequence, part of their job is to work their way out of um, difficulty, to work their way out of, what's the word I'm looking for? When you run into um, difficulty, there's a better word for it, but it's not coming to me. It doesn't make any difference. You understand what I'm saying. Everyone has to make it through the difficult patches. This is not limited. As he says, it doesn't matter what department we're in. If you fire someone at this point, if you fire Brian Cashman, if you fire um, Aaron Boone, and this, this holds for every sports team everywhere, then I believe what you're saying is I didn't have the full confidence in them to do their job in the first place. It's why no coach or general manager should ever be a lame duck. They should always have be fully empowered Because Aaron Boone needs to be able to walk into that clubhouse, look every player in the eye and say, okay, you heard him? I'm not going. So now it's up to you. You think I'm going to be the fall guy? The guy who pays all of our salaries says I'm not. So the next next finger that's going to get pointed is going to get pointed at you. You go do your job, which I think is an extremely important dynamic in the relationship between the coach or the manager and the players. So I think that is extremely well done by him. And I think that the instances of firing a coach or a general manager during a season should be extremely rare. They should be limited to very, very exceptional circumstances. Whatever the dictionary definition of the opposite, the antonym of exceptional is. Things have to go so bad before I would ever consider that. Outside of that, outside of it being the complete exception to the rule, I love standing behind the people you've empowered to do these jobs and let them solve the problems. I agree with you fundamentally. That's the best thing to do. But the best thing to do and the right thing to do are not always the same thing. In blaming the players, Hal Steinbrenner is at least indirectly blaming his general manager who supplied them and blaming his manager whose responsibility it is to get the most out of them, right? And Aaron Boone's not a new manager. He's been there since 2018. Brian Cashman's been his GM for 20 or 25 years. This, these aren't new hires. I agree with you. To, to fire someone half, half a season into their tenure is ridiculous. But if we were to fire Aaron Boone midseason amidst the most disappointing season in baseball in his fourth year, to me, that's not ridiculous. No, here's why I would disagree with you. Because part of Aaron Boone's job is to figure out a way out of the adversity. Mm. If he doesn't, and adversity was the word I was looking for that for some reason I couldn't come up with before, if he doesn't, then he's going to get fired. At the end of the season, by all means, I fire him. If we get to <coughs> September and the team is eliminated, then okay, you want to do it then, that's fine. But what I'm saying is, if I have the confidence in you, if I hire you, Hembo, mm. to do this job, like I, 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 anyone who knows the, the dynamics of this knows, I said, I want Hembo to sit up here and do this with me. And if for the first week it doesn't go well mm-hmm. and people are saying to me, you know, Greeny, I don't think this dynamic with Hembo is working well, and I say, all right, we're not going to do it anymore, then did I really believe in it in the first place? You have to let something play out. The season is not played out. And, and he is not, not, what he did in this case is empower his people, the people he's put into these positions. And again, I want to extend this to, to well beyond this situation, well beyond this sport, Well, beyond any sport, if you're in the position where you hire people, where you have people who are your employee, which I have some experience with in my life, it's limited. Generally, I've always been an employee, but I've had people work for me and do now on some level. If you get rid of them at the first sign of trouble, then in my opinion, that's a you problem, as my old friend Colin used to say. Then you're the one who didn't have full belief 
in what they were able to do in the first place. Because one of the most important things in doing a job well is overcoming adversity, especially when your job is to be a leader. It's pulling the group together at a time when everyone else has given up on you and saying, you see what they're saying? You see the backs of the newspapers? You hear what they're saying on the talk shows? You see what, what, what all this stuff that you're getting on Twitter? They don't believe in you. But we're going to figure out a way out of this. It's just us in this room. And the only people who can solve this problem is us. And you've empowered your manager to do that. Because if you don't come out and make that statement, then when the manager goes in there and makes that speech, there's a lot of guys privately rolling their eyes. Well, what do you know? You're going to be out of here in a week anyway. No, you're not. No, you're not, says the boss. Then what do you say to Yankees fans that would say this is the same manager that managed a disappointing team last year, the same general manager that's only produced one division-winning team since 2012? Hal, you're not acting like George, and we want you to act more like George. Because George you should have fired them last year. That's what I'm saying. Once you begin a new year, I believe you got to be all in. They played 80 games. I, I understand that, but that's only half the, the season. Are you telling me they can't turn this around? I'm not saying that they can't. They, and I'm telling you they can. That's what he's saying. What the owner is saying is they can. When the rest of the world is telling you they can't, I'm telling you they can. And it's your job to do it. And Aaron, if you don't get it done, well, you're gone. I mean, you're definitely getting fired. And maybe Brian, too. I don't know that. But what he's saying is I'm not giving up now. Now, to be fair, obviously, history has shown there are many instances where you change managers in the middle of the season and they succeed. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it works or doesn't work every time. I'm saying there's something about what he did that I like. And if I were, let's put it this way. Well, let's just use an example. Let's, let's use the obvious example. When we started Get Up, it didn't go so well, right? Mm-hmm. The world, I mean, read my, read my press. You know, in the summer of 2018, read what people were saying about me. And, 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 but the people I work for, to their everlasting credit, said to me in direct conversations, I remember where we were, I believe in your ability to figure this out. Greeny, it's your job to figure this out. If you don't, then obviously things are going to go sideways. But the story of here has not been written. Now we're doing okay. We are. So the point is that if you did, if you would get rid, if you would give up on me that fast, then you didn't really believe in me that much to begin with. And that's what I'm trying to say here. Now, what you're bringing up is a reasonable question. What is a what? What is the reasonable amount of time to give up on something? And I would argue half the season is not it. And so let's use a football an example. If, if you get to week eight of a season and things aren't going well, is that the right time to fire a coach? Well, you haven't really given him time to prove what, that he can do one of the most important things. Look at Mike Tomlin. Mm. Now, Mike Tomlin is kind of a bad example because he's never had a losing season. But you tell me, will the Pittsburgh Steelers fire Mike Tomlin if they go 4-13 and 13 this year? No chance. No chance. Of course not, because you believe in him. They've had three coaches since 1969. The Jets have had three coaches since a week ago Wednesday. They've had three coaches since 1969. Why? Because they hire people they believe in, and they stand behind them even during the adverse times. So they stood behind Chuck Knoll when things didn't go so well, and they stood behind Bill Cower when things didn't go so well, and they will stand behind Mike Tomlin if things don't go so well because they believe him in the first place. So if, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you would fire your manager halfway through the season, it says to me you didn't really fully believe in him in the first place. Maybe so, but you're firing him three and a half years into his tenure. Mike Tomlin had won, has won championships. Mike Tomlin has a lot more equity built up 
than Aaron Boone. This is now four straight years of Yankee underperformance. And even uh, further than that, going back with Brian Cashman. Again, this team has won one division title since 2012. This is the New York freaking Yankees. I understand if you're a fan of this team, you want something big to be done, if nothing else, just because something big needs to be done. And if Aaron Boone needs to be the casualty, he's the manager, he's not going to make a huge difference in wins and losses, obviously, then so be it. Well, if he's not going to make a big difference in wins and losses, then you're kind of rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic by firing him in the first place. You're firing him because you think that will be an impactful move. And I will just say this. I get that the fans want a big thing to happen. But Bill Polian is in the Hall of Fame for a reason. Bill Polian, who was the general manager of, the architect of, Buffalo teams that made all those Super Bowls in a row, a Carolina Panther team that made a conference championship game in its second year as an expansion franchise, and then all those Peyton Manning teams in in Indianapolis. I call him the Frank Lloyd Wright of the NFL. And he once said to me, and I'll never forget it, Greeny, if you listen to the fans, you will very soon be sitting with them. And so you can't listen to the fans. Because the fans, are, the fans want something to happen right now. It's what I just said. Go back 20 minutes on this show. When I said that I'm frustrated by all the injuries in the NBA playoffs, and I wish I had someone to blame. I'm angry, but I got no one to blame. So if you're a fan and your team stinks, look, I know this. How many times did I scream and yell the Jets needed to fire Adam Gase? But in retrospect, Christopher Johnson, I'll give him at least credit for that. He said, I'm going to see it out. I gave you this job. I gave you the season. You see it out. They fired him immediately when it was over, which is the right thing to do. But what I'm saying is the fan looks at this and says, I'm frustrated as hell. I want someone's head on a stick. Mm -hmm. I want someone fired. I want someone to pay the price. But that's just today. Now, if we lose three more games, now who are you firing? You know what I mean? That, that's like the nuclear option. To me, firing the manager, especially one like him, it, it feels to me like that's the nuclear option. You've got to get to the point of no return. And I don't think that they are at the point of no return. And all of this has been, and we didn't get to any of the other things I meant to here, but that's fine because this was good. And obviously that series this weekend, th- there is an enormous mm. level of significance on it this weekend. I'll make that the weekend preview Brought to you by the Bank of America Customized Cash Rewards Credit Card. Earn 3% cash back on online shopping. Copyright 2021 Bank of America Corporation. I'll just say this. If you are the manager of a baseball team and every single day your job status is being written about uh, and, and, and being talked about and all that kind of stuff, it has to make your job harder, right? It has to. Like just to go back to the previous analogy, when things weren't going so well for me three right. years ago, mm-hmm. I said to Stace, I'm not going to read anything. I took myself off Twitter. I said, I'm not paying attention to any of this. You tell me if there's something I absolutely need to know. If something gets written or said that you be the judge of, of, of I absolutely need to know something. But if I just pay attention to all the noise, then I will not be able to do my job to the best of my ability. And I think it was the right thing to do. But when you sign that contract, when Aaron Boone signs that contract, isn't that what you're signing up for? No. Well, yeah, yes, oh, sure, you're signing up for it. But what I'm saying is that the owner just came out and backed him, gave him a chance to do his job, gave him that chance. Because the players, you know that in any team of, of 25 people, there's got to be at least 10 guys in there that would love to see him fired Correct. for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Well, those guys now know their guy's not getting, that guy's not getting fired. And I think that the owner empowers the coach and gives him the best chance he has to succeed. 
Anyway, it's, it's a good conversation. I thought this was interesting. I, I did not mean it to go as long as it did, but I liked it a lot when I had said that there were two great things going on in sports. The other one was the, is the continuing battle between Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. We can get to that a little bit later in the day if we choose. But coming up next, Hembo asked me the literally the dumbest question of all time this morning, and I will answer it after this word from California Almonds. You want to be your best. Whether your best means being the best bingo player in the office or the best volleyball player on the planet. And to do that, you're going to need some help. Your teammates to tackle anything and everything. A handful of almonds have six grams of plant-based protein and are an excellent source of vitamin E and magnesium. It's the snack you need to keep your head in the game and your body energized. So whether you're going for the gold or another round of bingo, refuel with almonds. California almonds own your every day, every day. We're back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I am Greeny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, small business protection for more than vehicles with insurance expertise to keep your company moving forward. Much more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. So nice to have my whole hashtag crew back. Bubba back from the TWT. Hembo back with us here today. But Hembo asked me, and, and Bubba and Nuno, I want you guys to hear this. So the way this works is we get in here at six o'clock in the morning and we have our get up meeting where, where the entire get up staff will talk through all the things that are going to happen. That usually takes between a half hour and 45 minutes. And Hembo and I go into my office and we put the finishing touches on what we want to do for the radio show here. I'm con- you know, going back and forth with Nuno and everybody else. So this morning we're in there and Hembo asked me the most ridiculous question I've ever been asked. So to set it up, guys, I will tell you that yesterday, the Guinness Book of World Records confirmed a man named Emilio Flores Marquez, who is from Puerto Rico, as the oldest living person in the world. His age is 112 years, 326 days. He was born on August 8th, 1908. This breaks the previous record held by a Romanian who died at the age of 111 last year. Marquez, I can tell you a little bit about him. He's the second oldest among, among 11 kids. He was married for 75 years. His wife died 11 years ago. He underwent, he underwent a surgery at age 101. 
So he's the oldest male in the world. It doesn't it doesn't change the dynamics of it. I guess maybe there, what you're telling me is there are, are women older than this. Either way, he is the oldest living male in the world at 112 years, 326 days. But I want you to hear. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. What Hembo asked me. Go ahead, Hembo. Would you want to live to 112 years old? Let me ask that answer that question by saying this. No, I don't want to live to be 112. I want to live to be 212. I'm not getting the check anytime soon. I've made this very clear. My wife knows it. My kids know it. Every possible order out there is, uh, not only do I want my plug left in, I want to pay for armed security to defend my plug. I want my plug guarded. I want someone standing by, as long as there is some possibility. Who knows? Medical technology advances by leaps and by bounds, like every 10 minutes. I could be, like, hopeless one minute, Mm. then you keep me around for, like, three months. Next thing you know, they're like, oh, we've had a breakthrough. Greeny could run a marathon in three months with this new medication. You stay the (laughs) hell away from my plug. I am not going anywhere. If you told me right now, I would sign up for 112 on the low end right now. Who disagrees with that? Bubba, what do you think? You know, when you put it like that, because at first you think, ah, oh, man, I don't really want to, you know, you see some of these pictures of these people, and I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine they're exactly, uh, they're exactly loving life right now. But, you know, when you put it like that, there is always the hope of, oh, uh, you know, there's, a, what I'm there's a reason why Ted Williams's head is in Arizona. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? I'm the only person I know who supports that. Yeah, you, you hope you might come back and be better. So, well, hey, you know what? I'm with Greeny. I'm, I'm a huge supporter of Ted Williams' head. Once you're I, dead, you're dead. <laughs> That's right. I mean, life is about choosing between the realistic options. So are you telling me, does being 112 sound like as much fun as being 53? No. But... It sounds better than the alternative. You think being 112 is better than being dead? Hell yes. That's outrageous. Oh, you're a lunatic. You'll be in so much pain the whole day. You don't know that. You don't know that. 112? Well, can we book Emilio Flores Marquez from Puerto Rico (laughs) and ask him how much pain he's in? Because I have a pretty high pain tolerance. No, I don't. But (laughs) I I have a much higher pain tolerance than I have a dead tolerance. I mean, I would like... So you want to live forever, but you would refuse to be abducted by a UFO. Right. I don't want to be abducted. See, you're conflating the wrong things. I don't want to be abducted by a UFO because I don't want them to kill me. I'm very convinced that an alien would kill me. What if they told you they could make you live forever? Oh, then I'm in. Then beam me up, Scotty. I'm in, (laughs) baby. Let's go. So that changes it for you. Yes. Come sail away. What's that song? The stick song? Come sail away? Yes. Come on. What is it? Of of angels? Something of angels came down. And and much to my surprise, I climbed aboard their starship and headed for the skies. I'm out there, baby. I'm out there with Dennis. The Young and and uh, and Tommy Shaw and whoever else was in Sticks. If you're telling me I could live forever, I'm in. Nuno, your thoughts? Greeny, no. So real <laughs> quick, when I used to sell Medicare insurance and life insurance and Listen, all that stuff, what things did you do before this? Things, you sold cars. Uh, little by little, I'll let you know. But one what of the, didn't he do? Was really one of the sales. <laughs> one of the sales pitch that we would use would be like. Just because we're living longer doesn't mean we're living better. And that would try to get you to hook to buy more, you know, add-ons. <laughs> now you know, I understand why you had to leave that business to go into radio production. Because <laughs> I'm not buying anyone who says to me, here's the upside of this. You're going to be miserable. 
You're, you're better <laughs> off being dead than alive. I'm not interested in buying a car from you. Did you sell cars and life insurance? Uh, yeah, I sold life insurance for about six months, Hopefully and then I went into cars. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hear the sales pitch. Now I walk into your dealership. What car did you sell? I sold uh, new Nissans. All right, sell me a Nissan. We don't have time. Do you want it, do you want it or not? <laughs> okay, I'll say it again. I don't, to me, this isn't even debatable. What are you talking about? I want to live a nice, natural life just so long as it exceeds the, the life uh, of Bobby Bonilla's contract. <laughs> I, th- I think there's almost no chance of that. Um, anyway, so that just struck me as an unbelievable. I have to believe most people are on my side. I mean, given the option between living and dying, wouldn't most people choose living? Not at 112. And hoping we figure it out. 112 is the new 104, baby. (laughs) I mean, we're living better these days. At 112, I I still plan to be playing golf, and I will easily shoot my age. And that strikes me as another really major upside of all this. All right, well, ask PJ Carlissimo, who I think is almost 100. Uh, He'll join us coming up. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.